Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We say that often this time of year, or at least I, I hope you do. This season brings so many feelings. For many of us, desperation. Many of us, hope. It might be that we go through the whole year and we end with the desperation. Because of this time of year, we think of travel, gifts, work, the goals and objectives sheet. Whew. Sometimes it is overwhelming. It sends us into the stress-filled vortex of desperation. Finding gifts for kids, grandkids, parents. Will they ever use it again? Will they ever see it again? Will it be in the closet with the tag still on it two years from now? All the things that go through our minds. The uncle that we decided we're not going to give a sweater to anymore because he never wears it. But now, now what do we give him? All these things that go through our mind. Or it could be the trap that we have with our spouse. We're not going to share gifts. We're not trading gifts this year. It's a trap. <laughs> what if hidden in all these moments of desperation is joy? Is it hidden? Is it something that we're trying to find and we can't find it? What if joy, true joy is there? Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 20. Let's stand together as we read God's word. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then the angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But when the angel said to them, don't be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angel had left them and he returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. After seeing them, they reported the message that they had told, that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at the shepherds had said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart 
and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they were told. Father, our prayer today, in the midst of our normal activities, we find joy, unspeakable joy. The joy that we sang about earlier, the joy that we are so desperate to find and we'll lay it all at your feet for that purpose. For it's in your name that we pray, amen. You can be seated. The joy candle that we were blessed with by the days, the stand-up comedy routine, he's, he's pretty good, isn't he? Um, the, the joy candle is the third week of a journey. And in our church, we celebrated five, we're celebrating five, four weeks plus Christmas Eve, and this is week three, the joy candle. Many of us may have Advent in other ways. There's also an Advent where you open up a little one day, starting on December 1st, and it's one day, one day, one day, all the way through Christmas Day. But for whatever reason and how you celebrate Advent, Advent means coming in Latin. Advent is the coming of Jesus the Messiah, the coming of Jesus to the world. The Christians use four Sundays or weeks of Advent to prepare and remember the meaning of Christmas. So the pink candle is a little different. The pink candle is the third week. And the joy that we talk about over and over again is something that we are to experience, not know about. Just knowing about it is not enough. It's receiving it and experiencing joy. The joy candle is God granting us the ability to do that, to experience joy. The idea of experiencing joy in our Advent conspiracy is to give more, to give more. We'll talk about that in a minute, but we should experience joy in the giving. The idea is the joy that we can experience is in the giving, not of the giving. We'll talk about that too. Feels a little strange talking about giving. Last week we talked about spend less. Don't put yourself in debt. It's not the extravagance of giving to spend less. Today, we talk about giving. And what, what I wanna make sure there's a clear distinction on is the giving is, in, in the giving is the feeling of deeply considering the person that you're giving it to. The thoughtfulness that goes with it. It's about the recipient. The giver is the person that's given it, the recipient is the receiver. It's not about you, it's about them. If you're reading the book in chapter five, you know what I'm talking about because it's in there. We talk about the idea of relational giving, the consideration of the gift. 
Number one, point number one, we're all shepherds. We're common people. There's no status for a shepherd. Not royalty, not a place to behold. Heaven came to the have-nots. We're all shepherds. Knowing that shepherds were unsavory, untrustworthy, outcasts, that's sinners like you and me. Not even allowed to attend worship, to testify in court, but they formed their own community outside of the people. Outcasts, yes, but the first to hear the message about the birth of Christ, God went to them first. The message of this greatest gift is for the lowly. For many reasons, I'm sure, but for one today, because God is not favoring status. There's nothing you can do to earn that. We're sinners destined for hell, destined, destined to, to um, despair and agony. We're sinners. We sin. It's a message for all people. He came to relieve the burden of that sin and what that looks like in our life. It's our job to relieve the burden of others as we go. That's what the joy candle is about. That's why it's not an emotion you feel. It's deeper than that. It's much deeper than that. It's a part of our soul that we find joy. Understanding what that joy is, that's what our Advent is about this week. The shepherds were desperate people. Because of their so social status, no one was more desperate to receive the gift of Christ than these guys. They were desperate, unclean, untrustworthy, unable to keep the laws that the people who were holy made. It was desperation. Even from the birth of Jesus, all the way through his life, he began to gather people. From the birth, he gathered people. All the way through his life, he gathered people. And the same people he gathered were the down and out. They were the hopeless. They were the people that the social part left behind. He took them and carried it to the world. The hopeless, the helpless, the confused. I bring you good news that will bring joy to all people. How many times have we read that and we don't understand exactly what it's saying? I bring you good news of great joy for all people. It's not just him saying it. It needs to be us saying it. The message that we carry is the joy that we're sharing. So if you can't find the joy, it's really hard to share because you're sharing something that you don't experience. And it's a struggle over and over again. If you're sharing something that you don't believe in, it's misery. Number two, find joy. Simple. 
I changed this about three times because it's that simple. Find joy. How do I find joy amongst the desperation? Let's flip over to, if you have your Bibles, flip over to Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Whose yoke are you wearing? Find joy. The first question needs to be, whose yoke are you wearing? When I was a youth pastor about 20 years ago, I used to say to students, yeah, you better check the tag on that yoke you're wearing. Because I'm not sure that you're wearing the right yoke. Yeah, you better check the tag on that yoke. The yoke is something that you put on an animal and you fully control. Left, right, stop. Anything that animal needs, the yoke is what drives the animal. We need to take our yoke off if we're going to receive the gift that Jesus is to us, the gift God gave to us. Without the yoke... It's a label. That's all it is. And if you're wearing your yoke, then you need to take the yoke off so you can wear the yoke that God's given to us. It's mentioned several times in Scripture and plain as day right there in Matthew chapter 11. Whose yoke are you wearing? There's an open invitation to come to Christ. The shepherds were invited to the presence of Christ. That invitation exists for us today, but we so often re-engineer the gospel. We hear the message, we read the message, we understand the message we think, and then we re-engineer the gospel. We turn it around the other way and we say, well, we need to clean up and we need to get better and we need to get on our Sunday clothes and straighten ourselves up and we'll come to God. That's not what we see here. What we see here is the angel comes and shares the message. The angel doesn't say, hey, you shepherds, y'all need to get a better job. You need to clean yourself up. You need to go get some better clothes on. And when y'all get y'all's act together and y'all are trying a little harder, why don't y'all go find the Messiah? The angel didn't say that. The angel said, get up from where you are and go. It's an invitation to come find the Messiah. The order of the yoke is incredibly important because early in our life, we have our yoke and we have to take it off. To receive the gift, we have to get rid of what we have. To put the yoke on of Christ is a willing to take yours off. No longer did the disciples see themselves the way others saw them. 
they began to understand the way God saw them. And when they carry that message to the people, it says down in verse 16 through 20, the people were amazed at what they told. The shepherds told the people, you won't believe this. An angel came and told me exactly what it was. We came here and that's what we found. We found a baby laying in a manger, just as we were told. They understood the message. Part of the reason why we have a hard time finding joy, that tag on your yoke says my own. Christ desires us to learn from him. We just read it in Matthew 11. It starts with, come to me, all of you who are weary. It's not weariness of I'm tired. It's weariness of spiritual fatigue. The spiritual fatigue that these holy people put on the Jewish law and they could not uphold it. They couldn't carry that. And failure after failure after failure, they became the outcast. They were the people who weren't able to be religious in their day. This message is about grace. Grace given to you, not earned. The earning was the giver. Jesus was born to die on a cross for you. The receiving is us. The giver is him. And we're to, after relieving the burden of our sin that Jesus came for, we're to take that message to the world and relieve their burden. That's what the joy candle is about because it's deep-seated. It's a part of who we are. Ultimate joy comes spilling out, laying down your burdens and giving more. It's not just about monetary because if you've read the book, you know the monetary value of the gift is little significance to the value of it. Ultimate joy, give more. That's what we're singing about, joy to the world when we started our service. Number three, give until your heart feels it. Give until your heart feels it. Experiencing joy. At the end of this book, we're talking about Advent. If you've not, we still have some available at the, um, at the Welcome Center if you've not picked it up and read it. Powerful book and message. Simple and, and uh, how, how you read it, but powerful in message. And it talks about relational giving and how that relates to this scripture today. Relational giving is about you being considerate. It's you understanding the value of you. It's you have value and underestimate your personal presence. I could stand up here and redo the sentence a hundred times. It's about you 
And the responsibility we carry, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, understanding what that means, instead of just giving a gift to feel compelled to give it, that we instead think through giving, making it personal. When my kids were four and two, Barry Ann had not been born, Brant and Becca were four and two years old, there was a shoebox at Christmas. So I opened up the shoebox and it was a gift from Brant and Becca. And the first one I pulled out was a glass that had a rainbow, it was a plastic cup. It had a rainbow on it. It had dad on it. It's like the, like, it was made of glue, I guess, or it had colors on it. Puffy paint, Puffy paint sorry. <laughs> Memories. Okay. Anyway, um, it was a craft project. I opened up this plastic cup and it had rainbows on it, puffy paint, and it, had, it, was, it was all kind of bleeding together and had dad written on it and had a couple of lines and a couple of circles. And, and there was another gift in there that had a, a, a coffee cup. And that coffee cup had a rainbow, a bird, had dad on it. Monetarily valued would be low. But the price of that gift was incredible. To this day, that's been over 30 years, on my sink in my bathroom is that cup 30 years ago. The value of behind that cup was not much. But what that gift represented was massive. You could not buy it with all the money you had. That coffee cup, drinking from the coffee cup, it, the puffy paint comes off on your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but value, understanding the value of a gift. My wife, Julie, many of you, if you know her personally, you know this is her thing right here. She gives from her heart. She considers the gift. Matter of fact, it's not a burden. She thinks about it 24 hours a day, if you're wondering. Laying in bed, it, it, she's thinking about it all the time in the day, cleaning, whistling, singing at 5.30 in the morning. She is thinking about giving. She's going to hate me saying all this, but it, it's who she is from the inside out. Understanding the meaning of a gift. She, um, she loves giving. When she gets a gift... And she loves the gift. Her first thought is, how can I give this to everybody? Isn't that the gospel? Isn't that the gospel? That you receive something that you didn't deserve 
and the most thoughtful gift you can ever imagine. And your first thought is, I got to give this away to people. I got to give this to everybody. Isn't that the gospel? Joy to give more. The unspeakable joy that swells up in us. The immediate tangible results of some of that can be right here in our neighborhoods, in our church, in our community, in our state, and around the world, a global effort. What is it that you want to share? And how do you plan to do it? Our, for our family, we did the um, Baptist Global Response, BGR Christmas magazines. We put them, they're all over the place. You can grab one and look for goats and eggs and all the things that change the life of somebody in need around the world. It's the incarnation of God in Jesus. It's our best understanding of God, Jesus. And the Jesus we know is in the Bible the best recollection of what's happening in Jesus and his message to us is in scripture. How often are we reading it? How often do we spend time trying to find out more and more about him? The character of God is in Jesus. He walked with us with flesh and blood, born in a manger that we celebrate this season. How can we not be compelled like the shepherds to not only celebrate it, but to tell the story? And we get so wrapped up in, in giving that we lose the message of Jesus in our family. And I guess that's our, our hope, that you would take that message to your family, people you know, people around you, people you have influence with, and you carry that message. The hope of the world was found in that manger by a group of ragamuffins. A group of ragamuffins. Today, the hope of the world is found in this church. We're a group of ragamuffins. But what would happen like 2,000 years ago? What would happen if a group of ragamuffins turned their community upside down, what would that look like? How would that happen? That we take this group of people that have the right yoke on and the message of Christ is coming through them to people around them and you're not ashamed, you're telling them because it's in you, the joy it's the pink candle. The rest are purple. The reason is it's lifted up. It's the message that swells out of us. We're celebrating the birth of our Savior. We learn from him. And we act. We respond. We don't react. There is no doubt the world would find joy if they're around you.
and you're faithful. Father, today, the message is simple and clear. Joy, joy that we find in you, that we celebrate this time of year you sent your son and he was born. Forgive us when we lose the point. Help us to grab hold of it and never be the same because of that joy. Help us to take our own yoke off and put your yoke on. The tags match. That we're a believer in Jesus and we wear the yoke of Christ. That we learn from. That we follow. Compel us this season to do more, to give more. Because of the swelling of the joy that spills out everywhere not in the stress of the moment, but in the compelling of the moment. Lord, in your name that we pray, amen. I wanna take an opportunity to invite you. We have an altar here that is open to you. You may come from your seat, you walk down here, and kneel, and this is your altar right here. You can come individually, you can come as a family, as a life group, you can come however you want. The second thing is communion. There's communion on both sides. Communion is remembering God. Jesus came to shed his blood and his body for you. That's what communion is for. And if you want to celebrate that today, I want you to feel free to do that. And when we sing and we stand in a minute, you can just walk down your freedom to go to both sides and to celebrate with the communion and remember. The third thing is prayer. Prayer that elders and staff leadership, we get to do. We get to go and pray for all the prayer requests. And those prayer requests come to us in many ways, mostly through this cross, these two crosses. Separation of uh, interest, okay? Just like turn the card backwards and stick it on there. If you have a prayer request, put it on the cards. They're on both sides. You just write down your prayer request. If you wanna share your name, do. If, if, if not, don't feel the need. Put, put it flat against the cross and just put your pen in it. Leave it there. And we'll lift your prayer request to the Lord. This is our response to the season of celebrating the birth. Bunch of ragamuffins. We celebrate something that changed it all. Let's stand together.